You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text the show at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside my buddy, Tim, live in Green Bay. Tim, how you doing this evening, pal? Doing great, man. How, how about you? How was your day? It was wonderful, man. Absolutely wonderful. Had an early work day, so got out, ran around with the wife a little bit. We uh, ran a few errands, went and grabbed some wings and a burger, you know, ruined the diet a little bit more. You know, There you go. Team Monday. Uh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, so and, – and I may or may not have had a, a daddy soda at about 2.30 in the afternoon, and, and I'll be honest with you, all I wanted to do was go to sleep. <laughs> Isn't that back. funny how, as you know, as we get older, you still you still feel like you're that – that young person that you that you mm-hmm. are but then your body tells you otherwise <laughs> and it's three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon you've had one beer and you're ready to go to sleep <laughs> absolutely all right let's go to the chat real quick we got eric sutherland in the house romero boz uh josh martin josh martin with a super chat we'll get to that here in just a second we got chris in mark <laughs> welcome to the uh <laughs> to the chat here mark i'm always how do you say that name tim how would you say it Oh We're man! Butcher it either way. Crump, crumptitch, I crumptitch. Don't you cuss on my stream? Crump How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll butcher it either way. But Mark, glad to have you in here, buddy. Member of the PTA posse. We got Omer in the house. Um, let's see. We got Goose in here. Mike Berry. Uh, the whole crew, man. M. Smitty, Miss Smitty, M. Smitty, M. Smitty. That's right. United Bates and Jeff Schultz. Jeff, right off the bat, says it. 
a chilled out and well behaved Jeff. Apologize to everyone. Be better, Jeff. Hey, no, you don't have to apologize <laughs> anything, buddy. You uh, you took care of that the other night, man. And I'll tell you what, if we all had to apologize every time we got out of line on this stream, we would all be there. Would be no podcast. We'd just be apologizing all the time. So that's just the way it is. Got Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy just dropped into the house. We got Dead Fish. Appreciate you guys swinging through. Let's get to the first super chat. Super chat here. This comes from Josh Martin. Um, he said, "If we send a player out on a trade tonight or tomorrow, would it be pre June first of twenty twenty four or post June first of twenty twenty three? I imagine it would be post June first of twenty twenty three against the cap. Now, here's the deal with that. One thing that." One thing that we try to do on this show, if we don't have an answer for something, we're going to tell you we don't have the answer, right? One of the things that I'm not well-versed in are is how the salary cap works in regards to trades. That's something that it is on my goals list this year is to really dive into that and try to understand it at a different level. Um, I definitely have, have somewhat mastered the restructure aspect of contracts with the cash over cap game because that's the big – thing right now in the NFL. And I definitely want to get that down, but I did go over to over the cap when I seen your super chat there, man. And um, so basically Josh, this is what over the cap says. Okay. First of all, Preston Smith's contract. Okay. Let's use Preston Smith as, as a little Guinea pig here. Preston's going, why are y'all using me? <laughs> but let's look at it here. So in 2023, his base salary is 1.1 million. His pro rated bonus is 4.1 million. He's got a per game roster bonus of 600,000. I think that's the difference I was looking for. A workout bonus of five hundred thousand—that's a one-time thing. His cap number uh, in 2023, of course, they uh, tacked on avoidable year there at the end uh, in 2027. But his cap number is only six point three million. Okay, so in dead money, eighteen million, and in cap savings, negative eleven point seven. So if they were to just cut him loose this year, they would have to eat eleven point seven million. However. I did do the trade calculator, okay? And the what the trade calculator is explaining on over the cap is if we were to trade Preston Smith, it's showing that um, a 13 million annual per year would travel with him to the Cardinals, okay? And then of course I just topped in a fifth round pick and it, it basically put that projected salary onto our cap. So they're acting as if um, annual per year gained would be 10.4 million, okay? Now, to me, it looks like it's on the cardinal side, which I always go back to that original number we talked about with the cap penalty slash savings, right? So it, to me, it seems as if the Packers would eat $11.7 million in that regard if Preston were to be traded, and that's just one example, right? Now, again, I may be reading that wrong. Don't take that to the bank, um, Josh, because, you know, like I said, I'm not well-versed in the trade aspect. Uh, when it comes to contracts and uh, and the guaranteed money and how it travels and everything, you know, I just learned this last year that when a player is on a uh, on a fifth year option, that money actually travels with them. If you were to trade them, you also got to think about the proration aspect of any contract, especially when it comes to base salary. When you're going throughout the year and you've already played games, obviously that salary's already been paid out. Those game checks have been paid out. So if anyone in the chat has the answer, that's what we're all here for, right? So if you do know that. Uh, fire away, put it in the chat. We'll try to uh, try to get to it here in a minute. But uh, with that being said, man, we had a lot of a lot of good stuff happen today. You know, some big news broke that we were really concerned about, and I'm excited to uh, to see what everybody says about. It. They're already talking about it here in the chat. So um, before we get to their comments, Tim, let's just talk about that right off the bat. Rashawn Gary, he signed his uh, contract extension, a four year extension for a hundred and seven million dollars. Okay, 
Now, if you guys will remember, we talked about this earlier, Tim. We talked about, okay, what would be his projected, you know, fair market value, right? And you guys know that I'm a big fan of Spotrack. Many people are big fans of Over the Cap. I personally like Spotrack over Over the Cap. And Spotrack listed out some some comps to him, right? T.J. Watt was a comp. Max Crosby was a comp. Bradley Chubb was a comp. Leonard Williams was a comp, okay? It laid out all their contracts, basically averaged them up, right? And it talked about the best uh, calculated value, this and that. It kind of talked about how he rates against those guys, how he ranks against those edge defenders as well. And what they came up with, check this out. They came up with four years, $104.2 million, $26 million in average salary. Okay, basically an average, uh, you know, yearly. If you took, you know, that contract, $104 million divided by four, you're going to come up with roughly $26 million. Okay, now his actual contract he signed was four years, $107 million, so it comes to $26.7 million. You guys are starting to understand now why I trust Spotrack over pretty much every, uh, every other side of me. They hit it on the head. You guys heard me say I would be willing to pay $28 million, right? That was the number I came up with because it's like you do not want that to happen, what happened with Tay last time. Now, we're going to go over the PFF grades here in a minute from this previous game. Um, I think it's pretty wild that Rashawn Gary had his worst game of the season, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden the deal gets done the next morning, right? Well, wait a second. Wait a second. We've got some intel on that. This will add a little sugar to what Uh-oh. you're saying. Uh-oh. The deal was done Saturday afternoon. Was it? Okay. The deal was done um, Saturday afternoon, I believe, or Saturday evening. So before before kickoff Sunday, the deal was already done. Unbeknownst to us, um, I don't know if the Packers waited on the releasing the info just because, you know, they, we needed some good news following a loss. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> and, and I believe Rashawn broke it. Or you know he he broke the news himself I believe yeah um, he did yeah, yeah okay so that might have been himself you know right so that might have been part of the deal um, also but yeah as as far as I know the deal was done Saturday before the game mm-hmm. so gotcha kind of crazy right <laughs> yeah you know when when you when I seen it drop I went oh man and and you know and then I seen the PFF we all would agree Rashawn had an off game yesterday um, and then the PFF grades drop and it's like hmm I wonder if he just Right after that game said, you know what, that is good enough. Let's sign it. But Tim breaking news over here yeah. talking about how the deal was done on Saturday. I like that they both kept it quiet, you know, so it right. wasn't a distraction for Sunday. That says a lot. But nonetheless, man, again, I you know, they, they're coming in about, you know, $1.3 million under what I would be willing to pay for Rashawn Gary. Um, so we were pretty close to that number. But I'm glad he's going to be uh, on this team for the next four years for sure. Um, and we don't know the details as far as how it's allocated. You guys know uh, when it comes to a contract, you've got cash and you've got cap, right? Cash is money in hands. That's the check that's wrote. Cap is the allocation and how it's going to be divided amongst the salary cap aspect. So it looks pretty uh, team friendly to me. I mean, I agree, man. That, that's, what, that's what I was like. Cause you know, TJ Watt signed his, I think it was last year or the year before, right? And Rashawn Gary was next in line. Of course, Nick Bosa is really next in line. He's going to reset the market, right? Sure. So when you kind of look at how this this dropped here according – because Nick Bosa hasn't gotten – wait, did he get his deal? Did Nick Bosa get his deal? I think he did. I, I think he, he did I too. He Let did. Me, I've got to look this up. Say something smart while I try to find that. Or I may have dreamed it too. I don't know. Let's see. 
Well, what was smart is what uh, we thought was going to happen happened with this whole Rashawn situation. Um, it looks like uh, we got the deal done. I've I've been saying forever that we should have extended him, you know, yesterday. So they finally got it done, um, and it does appear. Um, for all intents and purposes, to be a pretty team-friendly deal for the Packers. Uh, it keeps Rashawn here for the next few years, and uh, you know they're going to be able to have some maneuverability, and I'm sure we'll get some more details here as uh, Clayton uncovers more. But um, it looks good for the Packers so far, and good for Rashawn Gary, too, because he, uh, he deserves the money. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, shows you what type of dude he is, too, where his head's at. You know, even with how this whole thing was handled as far as releasing the info and, like you said, not wanting to be a distraction, um, the dude is, you know, I wish we had more Rashans in that locker room. You know, he's up there in that caliber with uh, the way we talk about Rasul Douglas uh, as far as our uh, veteran leaders on that D. So congratulations to uh, Rashawn Gary. Yeah, absolutely. And, yes, so Nick Bosa did get his contract. And uh, just a very broad view of it. Five years, one hundred and seventy million. So his average salary is thirty-four million dollars. So to put that into perspective, Gary's coming in about seven less, right? Yeah, about seven seven million less per on that contract. Which I think we would all agree, Nick Nick Bosa is a better player than Rashawn sure. Gary. You know, and that's okay. It's all right to say that. That's not to put Gary down. I mean, Nick Bosa is a different beast when he's healthy. But, yep. uh, and the contracts are different too, right? Five years absolutely. versus four years. You know, we yep. know how these years are on uh, some of these contracts. They're not even real. They're yeah. like fictitious. So, so I, I think it's great news though, man. I'm really excited because we talk about that being one of those tier one positions of importance. Um, I think it's great that you've got that locked down now. Now the question is how long will Preston Smith be around, right? Which he had an awesome game. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Um, I like Preston Smith. I'd like to see him, you know, like see him keep him around, mainly because that is a premier position. And when when Preston's on like he was yesterday, you can see. I mean, he he can grade out with the best of them. I know we we didn't get the win, but it darn sure wasn't because of Preston Smith that we lost that game, right? Yeah, um, I don't want to hear the Preston Smith trade talk nonsense. That's ridiculous. The the one that sticks out to me, and I don't like to entertain any trade talk really, but we got to, you know, on this show because that's something that's really, really popular right now. And it's something yeah. that people are talking about. And you never know what's going to happen, right? Um, you know, I was one saying there's no way they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. They ain't going to eat that cap penalty. They're not going to let him go. Here I am, <laughs> right? So, but Jair's the one that kind of pops up to me, and we'll we'll talk about him again here in a minute. But Chris, we, said, we did bring some corners in already, correct? Yeah. So we we've, we've we've worked some guys out and ended up bringing them in to the building. So the seat is getting warmer uh yeah. I think for Jair. Sure seems like it for sure. Chris Ann says are we going to see Goot shed any contracts in the, in the next 24 hours? You know, Chris, I don't think so, man. I you know, I could be wrong, um but I I don't see it happening simply because they didn't build this roster so young just to blow it up halfway through the season, right? This is you could tell this contract is set or this I'm sorry, this this roster is set from a standpoint of, okay guys, let's let's kind of see what we got this year. We're young. We're developing. Right. All those things. And then let's go into this offseason to go, okay what pieces are in place? Who do we want to keep around? I have a hard time believing that they would choose to go with this youth movement and then all of a sudden decide, hey, let's blow it up. Right. And I know there's a lot of people that that want to see that. And hey, you know, I respect your opinion. I just I don't see anything crazy happening. There may be one or two moves, right, to to get a little money off. 
but uh, I don't know. I just don't see it. So, Mike uh, Hebring in the in the chat, thank you for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate you. He says, Rashawn having his worst game immediately after getting the bag is the most Packer thing ever. Brian O'Neill pretty much controlled him all day. Uh, Rashawn had a bad game. There's no doubt about it. Um, the The question is, how many bad games does he have? <laughs> you know, he's he's one of the best edge rushers in the game. He's a, he's definitely a top five edge rusher. Um, he, yeah, having that bad game, it, it, it is bad timing, especially knowing that the deal was done Saturday. It's like, Tim, if someone wants to be like Mike is being here, I can't sit here and go, Hey man, no, you're wrong. It looks pretty bad that you've been dominating all year long. And then all of a sudden you get the bag and bang, you come out with a bad performance, but we know Rashawn, man, he's a worker. I'm, I'm just so glad that he's going to be a part of the team for the foreseeable future for sure because, again, it's a premier position. Listen, if he flops from here on out, I don't see it happening. The dude works too freaking hard. Yeah. But if he were to flop here on out, I can't fault Goody because that's one of those positions that's so important. It's just like quarterback. When they sign Aaron to that you know, uh, three-year extension, right, like you got to do that if you want to compete. You've got to. Now you're seeing the other side of that, right, which Pat McAfee today, man, I, you know, I'll be honest. I laughed because he he did a, he did a couple victory laps <laughs> because he he got absolutely buried on Twitter. Uh, that was partially my fault. If you guys weren't around to listen to the pod at the time, but I cut a video off his uh, off his show and and tweeted it, and it got something like almost two million views on Twitter. I mean, it just went nuts. And uh, all I said was, "This is a fascinating conversation" because he was basically pointing out that he thought Joe Douglas has done a better job than Goody. And I just put it out there and Pat didn't know that I'm a fan of Pat's right. Pat don't know me from anybody, but he immediately took it as I was roasting him. Right. And kind of calling the dogs on him. I was simply trying to say to all the people who were at the time saying, no, Aaron Rodgers is the problem. Aaron Rodgers is the problem. I was going, Hey, look, here's a fascinating conversation, a little bit different angle. And then of course it blows up. He gets roasted. Um, now he's doing the victory lap back around and he, uh, he name dropped nags today. And uh, <laughs> Agler responded and said, "A lot of ball game left, Pat." <laughs> oh man, God, I love I love social media, dude. I'm telling you, it, it goes hand in hand with football so well. Uh, <clears throat> I really enjoy some of the banter. I just try to stay out of it. But um, anyway, uh, Mike, thank you so much for the super chat, and you're exactly right, man. That looked bad. It looked really bad. Um, having having the worst game, you know, right after getting the bag for sure. Um, of course, uh, Mark in the chat. Hello, Posse. Some exciting news today on Rashawn Gary and his future with the team. Absolutely. Uh, we'll kind of skip past some of these. And uh, I like this right here. Mark says, PTA Posse Group Therapy. Hey, man, whatever we can do to help. Like I said before, man, just like on Forrest Gump, you lean against me, I lean right back. That way we don't have to sleep with our head in the mud. You know what I'm saying? So uh, let's see. Goose in the chat says, haven't rewatched yet, but the grades today make me really not want to. Um, though love came out way ahead of where I expected. I completely agree with that. You know, before the grades come out, I've seen all of the former quarterbacks kind of coming to Jordan Love's uh, rescue, right? And I don't say that sarcastically. You know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand football better than Kurt Warner, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand football better than Kurt Benkert, although, you know, some would say, oh, you didn't accomplish anything. He accomplished more than me. And I'll be damned if I'm going to be that guy that's egotistical and pretend like I know more than someone who made it to the NFL level. Now, there, I think there is a little bit of that former quarterback sticking up for quarterbacks, right? Dan Orlovsky does it as well. You've heard him. He's 
he's had, you know, Pat jokes about it all the time about how he 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 uh, latches so many quarterbacks to his bandwagon going into the season. I mean, you got like six different MVP candidates according to him, right? Justin Fields being one, and then he came back and he backtracked and said, "No, I didn't say, I didn't say he'd be an MVP. I said that he could play at an MVP caliber." It's like. What? Whatever. <laughs> what are you about? <laughs> so anyway, when I seen all that coming out, immediately in my mind, I'm going, you know, Chris Collinsworth, who owns Pro Football Focus, right? And then you've got all these people that that work for him, you know, collecting information and and grading the tape and all that stuff. Um, it immediately made me think, I wonder if they're swayed in any in any direction. You know what I mean, Tim? Like you hear like towards these, receivers or something? Because no, like, like, <laughs> it's Collinsworth. <laughs> well, no, I was suggesting like <laughs> when you've got former Hall of Fame quarterbacks already coming out and saying that Jordan didn't have that bad of a game as people are saying, it almost makes me wonder if not necessarily Collinsworth, but the people that run PFF are like, hey, look, it'd be a bad look if we gave him a horrible grade. And maybe this should be a conspiracy corner. I don't know. But yeah, we got to get Jacob on here. <laughs> bro, when get I Jacob walk, on it. When I watch the tape, and I'm only on my second pass through, I've got the clips picked out. God, it's going to be a long one. Whoever jumps in with me for Chalk Talk, we got 20 clips, 20 plays, bro. I started off on five, and I'm up to 20. Mandy looked at me last night. She's like, why? Why are you doing this to yourself? You are a glutton for punishment, man. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> when I watch the tape, man, I'm seeing wobblers. I'm seeing inaccurate passes. It's It cracks me up because the people who were all over Aaron last year, right, talking about how bad he was playing, they never mentioned the fact that the receivers lit, led the league in drops. Not all of them, but some the, the ones I'm specifically talking about right now without mentioning names. And now they're coming out and going, oh, come on, really? You're going to blame Jordan? Did you see all those drops? I'm going, are you guys the – are y'all the same this people? Is, this like, is what I love. Like, we can watch the same game and see yeah. completely different things. Completely. Like, because, you know, I had I had both reactions. Like, that one to Watson we talked about where I'm like, oh, it hit him in the hand. And then I find myself going, why was the ball thrown to triple coverage? <laughs> Like immediately yeah. after, so and the it's Jayden like one, right? The Jayden yeah, Reed same thing, same him. thing. It's like, oh, he should have had it, you know, contested catch. It's like, well, why is it contested? Because it's chucked over the middle late, and there's a safety over the top. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It's yes. Yeah. So I, I seen all that, and, and I honestly said this: this grade, Jordan Love's grade, might be in the fifties this week. I was kind of preparing for like a fifty-eight, fifty-nine, sure. you know. But uh, we'll talk about the grades here in a second. He actually came out a little bit higher. He was in the upper 60s, which really caught me off guard. And I immediately thought, wow. I wonder if these guys are being swayed just a little bit by all the people that are hmm. kind of coming to his defense. And I'm not here to bash him, man. I hope he works out. I really do, man. I really do. But um, I, I, I watched that game yesterday. And then, I, you know, sometimes, just like the last week, you know, I watched, watched the game live and thought he played horrible. And then I went back and watched it. I was like, no, nah, it wasn't that bad. This one, I'm going back through the second time. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty bad. But um, some people are talking about, you know, like Dan Orlovsky was talking about option routes and things like that. No, this is this is a stick concept. And I'm going, that ain't a stick concept. And it's like, well, the reason it's a stick concept is because the corner squatted in a cover two, and now that turns this route into that. And I'm going, how do you know that was an option route? You know what I'm saying? Like right. some of that stuff. And, I'm again, I'm not going to question a former NFL quarterback, but – 
I was just sitting there like, how do you, unless he's got inside information and he's talking to people within 1265 and they're saying, no, that was that. I can't imagine anybody in that building's talking to Dan Orlovsky going, yeah, man, actually that's on this set here on a two by two set where the tight ends attached to the right. We like to run option routes in the stick. Like yeah, it just seemed really weird to me. Info. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, again, I don't think they would. Right. No, no. And, and maybe he, you know, Maybe he's seeing it at a different level. I don't know. I'm sure he is. But anyway, Omar in the chat said, no trades coming. Jair, uh, only one would bring value, uh, would leave a $24 million dead cap hit next year. So they're not doing that. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, the only thing that would make that worth it, Omar, is – and that's what I kind of alluded to before. With the type of cap penalties you would take trading someone like that that just signed that extension, it better be a hall of picks, right? It better be because obviously the other team's getting a deal on the cap hit themselves. You're absorbing it. It would have to be a hall of picks. But um, I'm just so down on Jair right now, Tim. Talk me out. Talk me out of it, dude. Am I am I over exaggerating with his well, level of play, man? Or no, because the tape doesn't lie. It doesn't lie at all. And you know. I, I do think it's sad that, uh, you know, a lot of the fan base has been kind of quick to turn on on Jair, um, a guy that a lot of us really loved. And we loved uh, a lot of the antics and the the comments and things like that. Um, but this is kind of evident when you're not getting it done. Nobody wants to hear any of the the extracurriculars and uh, that that postgame locker room interview didn't didn't do him any favors for, uh, uh, you know, how fans feel about him right now. Um, but look, he's just like anybody else on this team that is struggling right now. I believe that, uh, first of all, I believe Jaws earned the right to play his way out of this crap and hopefully I agree with that, you know, give us a, give us a chance to show that, you know, this is just a, you know, one of those down points in his career, maybe, you know, and, I believe somebody commented yesterday when we were talking that he hasn't quite played the same since the shoulder injury a couple of years ago. Correct. And if, and if I remember correct, he elected not to have the surgery. Is that true? Or did they, did they actually do surgery on him? I can't I remember, remember, but it, it, it is true. You, you know, you look at some of his early tape and man, he had some pop and, and he would finish plays. Even I used to say that all the time about him being kind of a smaller corner, but he's very physical and would, would make these tackles fly in there make a hit we're not seeing that anymore and is that the shoulder issue combined with this back thing he looked like a guy to me playing off contact off ball all day trying not to get run over you know and he ended up being a liability for us out there basically yeah i mean he got he got roasted by by a rookie he really did um in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. 
Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Poonster in the chat said, I've been pronouncing it spot track. I used to call it sport track, and I'm pretty sure it's spo track, but Poonster, you might be right too, my man. Don't, 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 uh, don't trust me on any pronunciation. All right. But you mentioned that interview, that locker room interview, Tim. I'm going to play it. I've actually got it here. I'm hoping you guys can hear it. Um, he doesn't speak very loudly into the mic, but here is that locker room interview with uh, Jair Alexander that Tim was mentioning that kind of rubbed a lot of Packer fans the wrong way, really. Here it is. Yeah. Felt good enough to finish the game. You know? Oh, that's a plus. Yeah. What happened on a touchdown? Uh, so we was, in man, we was in a man coverage, and they put the receiver at running back, and uh, he just ran straight up the field. So that was a good play call. So he said, we were in man coverage. I'm going to continue to play it, Tim. Don't worry about the camera, buddy. I said, he said, uh, they were in man, we were in man coverage. They put the receiver in the backfield at running back, and then they just ran straight up the field. He said, that was a good play call. I'm like, is he being sarcastic there? <laughs> like, <laughs> What's this team missing? Uh, uh, nothing. We have everything. They said, what do you, I think they asked, what do you, what is this team missing? And he went, ah, oh, oh, shoot. I think we have everything. Or he said, so, nothing, so, we have everything. So that was a, a save face attempt. That was him kind of, kind of. Th- in my opinion, this is just my take. Right, I'm not, right. A, I'm not an expert, but I, he was asked a question. He It sounded to me like he was going to give a genuine answer or a, a gut reaction as yep. to what he felt. And then he caught himself because he realized he's standing in 1265 with the media in front of him. And he said, nothing, we got everything we need. So yeah, he said the right, heart. yeah, he, he said the right thing, but you know, body language and other things kind of, something's not right here, guys. I'm telling you. Yeah. Look at him. And he smirks the whole time. John, what's it going to take to turn close calls into wins? 
Oh man. Shoot, I don't know. Is there more that can be done, whether it be scheme, play call, focusing on penalties? Is there more that can be done during the week to kind of translate to the game? Ah, uh, honestly, I don't know. Do you feel like during the week enough is put in? What happens if you guys get off the field on, on all those third ones? They can bring you a ton of third and eight or long. Oh, yeah. Well, probably win. Maybe. I don't know. What happens if you get off the field on those third and eights, those third and longs? I don't know. Probably win. I don't know. And everything, but the results are adding up to that. So if you have everything, but it's not adding up to wins, what part of everything is it adding up to? Uh, that question was, you you know, you said you have everything. If you have everything, why isn't it adding up to wins? Here's his response. Something. Maybe they have everything, too. But you don't think that. I don't know. Maybe they have everything, too, but you don't think that. I don't know. <laughs> What's it feel like to be here after a fourth straight loss and not know the answers to some of these questions? Man, I'm going be honest. I don't know. So you kind of get the gist of it. We'll, uh, yeah, this is a Marshawn Lynch school yep. of interviewing right here. Um, Absolutely. This looks like a guy that uh, is clearly um, frustrated, obviously. Um, you know, if he wasn't frustrated, I think there'd be even more concern. Uh, but I don't know, man. Jaw's not impressing me as a leader right now. And he's certainly not been impressing as a, as a corner in, uh, on this team, you know, with his play. So, you know, kind of reminds me of like, you know, you go to the playground, play a little pickup basketball. You got that one guy that likes to talk a lot. He's real flashy. He, he's probably one of the dudes that can dunk. You know, me and my guys, we can't dunk, but this guy can dunk. But you know what? We went out and we played really hard and we beat him. And after, and after the game, all of that talk, there, there's not much else to say. You, you're kind of, you know, when you when you get exposed like that, this this can be how you react in these situations because you don't have these answers. And I think the fact that, you know, I'd be willing to bet that Jair probably isn't the only player in that locker room with that attitude. And that could speak to a cultural issue that we talked about. It was refreshing to hear that Rasul Douglas held court at his locker room after the game. It yeah. was uh, being a leader. Um, which honestly, when it comes to this team, like put the C on his chest already, like enough of this nonsense. Yeah. Just make him a captain, you know, and make Aaron Jones a captain on the offensive side of the ball or something, you know, we need leadership now. And, you know, this is when, you know, guys are tested when you're, when you're down, this is when leaders can emerge. This is when sometimes the most unexpected or the best leadership you might find can emerge out of this locker room. I'm just sitting here waiting to see it because yep. so far we're only getting it really out of Rasul, you know, and you know, Rashawn's a good leader too, but he's a, a lead by example guy. Rashawn is a very, there's not a lot of talk. It's, it's a lot of work and put it out on the field. So, mm -hmm. you know, you need vocal leaders, you need, um, you know, lead by example leaders, um, 
we just need guys to step up right now. And, you know, Ja didn't do us any favors, but, you know, I do, I do empathize. I, I understand, I understand where, where he's at. You know, it's like, what do you want me to say? Um, I could, I could tell you owning up to your bad play would, would help, you know, maybe saying that I need to play better and I will play better. You know, I don't know, yeah. but right. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a tough look, man. Um, like Carly Ray says in the chat, can he just refuse to answer questions? Why stand there and embarrass the team? Yeah, he could have just said, "I don't know" the whole time. But that whole, I don't know, man. It just it just seems weird. Um, Something's wrong in this yeah. locker room, man. Seems Something's strange. wrong. And you know that's the thing about uh, signing Rashawn Gary too. Um, is when you sign some. First of all, when when someone is the highest paid in the locker room, when they're up there and, you know, as far as they're the other players are looking to them like, okay, that's, that's what I got to do to get paid. Right. It's a fact. Um, you know, that's why sometimes when people do get contract extensions that don't necessarily deserve it, or in some cases when a quarterback is supposed to be the leader of your team are grossly underpaid, that kind of hurts the locker room too, because it's saying, wow, this guy's carrying the team you know, whether it's they're still on a rookie contract or whatever, it's hard for some of the other players to get on board with the organizational aspect of just the day-to-day operations because of that fact. I mean, that's just something that I've experienced in business. Like, the leaders have to lead. It's that simple. And, you know, like you said something just now about Rasul. Uh, Rasul, you know, like what he's talking about is he was at his locker and there were multiple players coming up one at a time talking to Rasul, and they're just – they're in there – chopping it up like, all right, how are we going to fix this thing, right? And Rasul is basically saying, look, this is as much a defensive fault as the offense's fault. He's being a, a freaking leader. And yeah, you know, owning owning the mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Because he did. Rasul had a bad game. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, and he owned it. And, he, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to do the right thing. He's not standing there pouting in the middle of the locker room. And he's darn sure not getting paid the kind of money that Giles pay, getting paid. But, nope. And um, mistakes are only a bad thing if you don't learn from them. And exactly. that's why this is so frustrating because we're seeing the same mistakes and it's like, like people aren't learning. These guys are not learning. Like, what are you, what are, what are you seeing when you study film? You know, if I'm Jair and I'm watching my film of, of what I put on the field on Sunday, am I, am I going to sit there and look myself in the mirror and say that, that I played to my, my abilities, that I played to my potential. And if, and to be honest, we've talked about this before. If it's an injury related thing, then get off the field. Be, be off the field, next man up, and let's go. If you're going to play not to get hurt or you have to play tentatively, you're clearly not helping our team. Right. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how much that can even, even be on a player. You know, can we really put it on a player to say, hey, I want to, I don't want to play? Cause, you know, we, we could complain about that too, <laughs> guys that just yeah. take themselves out. That's so, a fair point. That's a very, yeah. Fair so point. it's like, what, what, what is going on? Um, you know, I think, we could all be right. You know, there's, there could be a a whole list of problems or things that are wrong in this locker room, which is of course not reassuring either, but. (laughs) But you know, man, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta shed away, away some of that dead skin, man. You know what I mean? You gotta get down to our, what, what actually matters. Who are the players you're going to build this comeback around, right? This uh, over the next two to five years and get this thing back to where it used to be. Who are those players you're going to build it around? I mean, he just doesn't come across as one of those players that you're going to do that with, you know. And what you said with Rasul, you know, uh, the old saying, I'm sure I'll screw it up. It's uh, with uh, with every adversity, adversity lies a seed 
of equal or greater benefit, meaning basically every time something goes wrong, there's an opportunity for you to gain something from it, for you to come out stronger, for you to learn from it, for you to say, hey, we're not going back there. Um, when you've got that kind of attitude standing there like, I don't know, I don't know. Well, maybe they got everything. What, what does that even mean? Imagine Vince Lombardi standing up in front of his team, right? And them, like, for instance, when they lost to Philadelphia, right, in the in the uh, championship game, I think it was the championship game. It was definitely the playoffs. Um, and Chuck Bednarik laid on the ball carrier. I think he laid on Jim Brown and made the clock expire right after a play. And he said they went in the locker room, and Vince Lombardi said to the team, he said, that is the last time we'll ever lose. And I think he said a championship game or whatever it was, that way, whatever. And it was Bart Starr talking about it. He was like, he said, that's the last time. And he and Bart Starr was still, even in his old age, was like so that that touched him in that moment. Imagine if he went in there to the team and said, ah, you know, guys, maybe they're just better than us. <laughs> what? What? What and are that, you talking about? That, that's why this is so frustrating because this is this is the Green Bay Packers, man. Like, do do you you guys know who you are playing for and who you represent? Mm-hmm. You know, I you go to my social media. I, I only have a Twitter. My Twitter back, background photo is the photo from the Hall of Fame of Curly Lambeau and his quote, let's act like champions, let's practice like champions, let's play like champions, let's be like champions. That That's what this organization is built on. And right now I can count on one hand how many players on that 53 have that attitude. And that that explains a lot of why we're where we are right now, honestly. It's what Ryan talked about. I think he talked about it on his pod earlier. I caught a little bit of his, his podcast this morning, and he talked about that. Like, who wants to be a part of this? Who's, who wants to be a part of fixing this, right? Right. You know? And and I can I can think of several, but there's some, too, that I'm going. Oh, pointing, out, pointing out problems without proposing solutions is called complaining. So yes. if we're going to just complain, then, I mean, there's other ways, other ways to do that. We're not going to get a benefit. So – that's what we're about, right? We're trying to find answers, um, trying to find a, a solution and try and get this turned around. You know, really the goal for this year, I, I, other than the evaluations of the players on this team after a full season, obviously we want that, uh, I think is to finish with some dignity, man. Finish this season with some damn dignity. Don't go out looking like the laughing stock of the National Football League, you know? So right. there is a lot of ball game uh, left, you know? Nags <laughs> wasn't wasn't lying. There There is. So there's a chance. You got to get one, though. You got to get one win. Can't go on a streak if you don't get one. That just so, cracked me up that that was his response to Pat. Was a lot of ball game left. <laughs> a lot of ball game left. <laughs> I was rolling. I was you like, no, he didn't. It. He went straight there. It's hilarious. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's talk about the PFF grades real quick. Let's rattle through them here, okay? Team grades, all right, updated, obviously, excluding the Monday night football matchup here between the Raiders and the Lions, which I think the Lions are still up three to nothing, I believe. They're, oh, uh, they just forced one to Tay, and it got picked. Hilarious. Oh, it doubled coverage. Lord, <laughs> that's Yeah, that's not a good look there. Hey, trade um, trade deadlines tomorrow. Hey, that's one player that I would welcome back with open arms. Right, bring uh, them home. We need a veteran receipt. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. That and, ain't gonna happen. There and there's some people going. We don't have a cap space, guys. If you're still one of those people that think that you can't make just about any trade happen <laughs> and work with your cap. Please, please do your homework because I'm telling you, 
Cap is very, very, very date sensitive. Other than that, that thing can be manipulated more than than the media manipulates Americans every single day. I'm telling That's you right, right now, it's it can be adjusted and tweaked and fine tuned to where you can make just about anything happen. Kick that can down the road. Yeah. That's right. So, all right, team grades right now. According to PFF, the Packers are grading out overall 72.1. That makes them 21st in the National Football League. Okay, so we're sinking every week. All right, now let's talk about what they did against the Vikings. Here are the grades against the Vikings. Overall grade 63.6. All right, uh, to put that into perspective, that is their second lowest grade of the year. All right, um, the only the the only grade lower than that for from a team standpoint were the Denver Broncos last week at 63.1. Offensively, 58.6. That's their second lowest offensive performance, okay, um, only behind the Raiders game. All right. Uh, passing grade, 68.2. That kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I thought it should have been lower, um, but a 68.2, um, that is, to the best of my knowledge, that is the best passing performance our team has had all season long, according to PFF, okay? So – if there is a plus, it seems as if Jordan Love might have taken a little step forward, according to PFF, in that Minnesota Vikings game. Again, when I watch this tape, I don't see it so much. But when PFF says it, right? And again, they may have been swayed. I don't know. When you hear people like Kurt Warner talk about it, when you hear Kurt Benkert talk about it, when you hear Dan Orlovsky talk about it, I'm sorry. I'm not going to let my ego get in the way where I'm not going to go, hold up a minute, maybe I'm missing something here, right? And uh, it's funny, Tim, we got one play that we're going to break down on Chalk Talk this week. It was the whole shot there. And uh, the way I graded it, I'm like, I wonder how they graded it, you know, but just the way they they kind of talked through that aspect of the tape. And then I see Mike Wall's video popped up, and he's seen it the same way I did. The throw is there. Hit your back foot, stop the hop stepping, and deliver yep. that ball on time, and you, you land that whole shot. It almost got picked. But anyway, um, pass blocking grade, 79.3. Wow. Right? That was their second best pass blocking grade of the entire of the entire season. Okay, um, only behind the Chicago Bears game. Receiving grade fifty four point nine. That is their worst performance all season long. All right, running grade fifty five point five. That was their worst running grade of the season. Run blocking forty seven point four. That was their they tied their worst uh, the New Orleans Saints game they had the same grade as a 47.4. On defense, 72.3. That was their third best performance, according to PFF, on defense. Their run defense, 85.0. So that was hands down their best run defense grade all year long. Against the second worst rushing in the national <laughs> Tim, football. shut your mouth, Tim. <laughs> you, you better stop with these facts here, all right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to butter this up a little bit. <laughs> um, let's see. Tackling grade, 68.4. Um, that's kind of right in the middle where they've been. Well, it's uh, better than a 35.8. Good Lord. God, it's hideous, man. Uh, pass rush, 75.0. That was their best pass rushing uh, grade all year long. And kudos to... Preston Smith, another one that flashed on film to me was Devontae Wyatt. Um, TJ Slayton had a great game. You could really see him pop off the tape. But, oh, yeah. Uh, coverage grade 57.8. That was the worst of the year. Special teams grade 56.1. That was their second worst grade of the year. So you can kind of see 
I don't want to say where the fault lies, but where they where they came up short, right? Let's go to the offensive player grades, Tim, and then I'll get your take on this. Um, let's just rattle off the top five uh, performers. It was a bad offensive day. I think we would all agree. Elton Jenkins, 76.5, pass blocking grade of 90.5. Zach Tom, 68.4. That's right. There was only one offensive player that graded out in the 70s. Um, and, and that's what I'm talking about, the bar dropping. You know, me saying, yeah, Jordan Love must have had a better game than I thought. And he's a 63.7, right? Like, I mean, there is no standard <laughs> when it comes to quarterback anymore, evidently, in my eyes. Um, A.J. Dillon, 64.2. Like I said, Jordan Love, 63.7. Dontavian Wicks, 63.4. Okay, so when you look at those offensive grades, essentially what you got, Tim, your your best performer on offense was Elton Jenkins at a 76.5. Just some of your worst were Rasheed Walker at left tackle, 53.0. So he got pulled, right? So they put Yash in because he was playing so bad. Yash graded out at a 55.7. Didn't do much better. And then, of course, Josh Myers at a 54.6. And I know everybody's going, well, he's a good pass blocker. His pass blocking grade was 56. The, okay, that, so. that might explain the these numbers now, looking why they went back to Rasheed Walker um, after going to Yash. Because yeah. Yash was clearly underwhelming. Right. So that doesn't look good either from a coaching standpoint. You. You know, LaFleur was asked about that, and he said, oh, I felt like we needed to make a change. And then you made a change, and then you you went right back. You know, you didn't stick with your change. So, it, I don't know. Like, is, I, I just it speaks to the confidence, I think, that LaFleur might have in some of his personnel, particularly on that line. You know, because, like, who's next? If you went back to Rashid, what, what's the next? If, if we have issues again, do we go back to Yash? again or do you know what i mean or, or like who who else is going to go to that spot it just kind of it, it's kind of telling to me that if you you pull a guy out of a game because he's playing horrible and then you then you ultimately have to go back to him it doesn't speak well to our uh, our offensive line right now yeah yeah definitely and you know we're talking about this Josh Myers situation right look at look at Josh Myers and John Runyon on this pass rep Jesus. look at this guys like First of all, Runyon is chasing a defensive lineman from behind. And by the way, he's a yard and a half behind him. And the guy's got a free run at Jordan. They're both facing our quarterback again. Josh Myers and John Runyon, the two people responsible for blocking this this defender, are both facing the quarterback. Now look at Elton Jenkins up top. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he's blocking a ghost, but at least he's facing the right direction. Jeez. and what this screams to me, without knowing the context of the play, without knowing anything about this specific play, right, what it screams to me was the protection was not set correctly. Because if it was, you would have had Runyon, hell or high water, do everything he could to get on the outside shoulder of that defender while Josh Myers helped chip inside, and then Elton would be there to help at left tackle or do whatever. It makes They're no rushing sense. three guys, and we have five blockers. Yes. I would we, got two, blockers, we have three guys blocking nothing. It's tough, man. It's tough look. And again, it's a screen grab. I got it. But 1335 on the on the clock in the first quarter. Go check it out yourself and see exactly what happened. I'm going to try to look for it on Chalk Talk for sure. But, Add it to the list. Uh, and you guys already seen the uh, the rep that Andy Herman broke down where Josh Myers just falls flat on his face in a run blocking situation. Um, now, he's suggesting that, if I remember correctly, he's suggesting that Runyon probably made the mistake, but Mike Wall already confirmed no. Everything about the offensive line, everything about the setup suggests that Josh Myers ran in the wrong direction. Um, 
when the guy who's responsible for setting the protection, setting the blocking scheme, identifying the mic, doing all those things at the line is running in the opposite direction. I'm telling you, man, I think it's, it's a major, major contributor to this uh, offense starting off slow, Tim. I really do, man. I agree. I agree. I mean, the center, like you said, man, that's a vital position. It really is. Like that's a, it's like a a second quarterback on your offense. Really? It is, man. It is. And like I said, it's no, it's no coincidence that all the great teams have a good center. You know, we're watching the Lions right now. They're beating the Raiders three to nothing. They got a five and two record. Ragnall is one of the best centers in the game right now. Right. I mean, it's just something that you can't, just throw to the wayside and let your ego get in the way and go, huh, okay, yeah. We use a second-round pick on this guy. Make it work. No, if he if it's been this long and he's not performing, dude, you're – I mean, you get what you deserve. That's that's what I'm going to – like, yeah. and, and again, to me, this falls more on Goody than it does LaFleur. I mean, he's the one who marched this product out there. And you could – Matt LaFleur just kind of looks like he's like, what do you guys want me to do? Like, that's that's the vibe I get now. The penalties are tough. You know, let's hit on that real quick, and then we'll get back to the grades. Um, this one came out. I wasn't able to fact check it. I'm assuming it's accurate. No one else called it out as inaccurate. But uh, <laughs> I saw this. Yeah, the Green Bay Packers are number one penalized team in the NFL, averaging 7.43 penalties per game, by far the highest average in the Matt LaFleur era. Packers are top five for offensive holding, fault start, and delay of game, and top ten for total pre-snap and unnecessary. Look at that first comment under there. You got to love it. Let's go, best in the league. It's like I love people like that. You got to – you know, guys, we're going through hell right now. You know, we got to have fun where we can. You got to try and, you know, make Mm -hmm. it light when you can. You got to laugh at yourself sometimes. It's the only way to deal with this because we can't be all doom and gloom. Absolutely. Right? We got to look positive, man. Yeah. Right. We're, we're Not a po- ball game left, right? We're, we're the positive podcast here. That's right. Hey, man, all they got to <laughs> do is win every single game the rest of the year. We got a chance to make the playoffs. So, you know, it's not over yet, guys. So, but we, again, the reason we're talking about this stuff, guys, you've got to identify the problems. You've got yeah. to, right? And <laughs> it just so happens this year, take your pick. But Brent yeah. X in the chat says also 12 was the only one who held people accountable and rode people's arse with culture and expectations. Um, Those days are gone. I was thinking that earlier today, Brent, um, and I I know people get tired of hearing it, but you got to say it. All we heard last year was how they were so tired of seeing him chew his teammates out and how he was a bad teammate and this and that. Romeo Dobbs made a comment that Aaron didn't didn't hardly talk to him. And, And Aaron, of course, went back and responded to that like, I mean, we've we've went to lunch several times, but I mean, what am I gonna what am I gonna connect with him on, right? Like, there he's not gonna invite Romeo Dobbs out on the town and go. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, whether you defend that or not, it really has nothing to do with the the comment here, Brent. Um, you're exactly right. Last year, it was people getting upset that Aaron was being, you know, an a hole on the field, right? Now we're understanding exactly what was going on, right? Um, you know, Josh, snap the effing ball, Josh, right? Screaming that on national television. You got to have someone to hold people accountable, man. Um, if you're, if who's holding, who's holding the offense accountable? That's my question. Who is holding the offense accountable? Matt LaFleur obviously has, has got up there and been very frustrated and made comments. Who on that offense has stepped up and said, this, you know, 
guys, listen, we're fixing this right now. I don't care what it takes for fixing. And you heard Aaron last year when they asked, they specifically asked Aaron, how do you fix that? His response was, maybe you need to give some other people some reps, is what he said. And then immediately following that, what happened? Amari Rogers gets pulled, and we have one of the best kick returners in the game, and we go on a little run, right? Um, it's tough, man. It's tough because it just doesn't see, seem like there's much accountability uh, there on the offensive side. On the defensive side of the ball, there's plenty. Rashawn Gary out there, you know he he ain't nope. settling for nothing but the best. Rasul Douglas, you're hearing about his leadership and him stepping up. Um, you know, I think Rudy Ford is a leader on the field just because he leads by example. You know, yep. he's been one of the few shining lots this Rudy year. Rudy Ford is a lot of things uh, for this team because he's a guy that's playing hard every week. And there's players that we we don't always see that we get inconsistency. A lot of these things boil down to effort on some of these plays, man. Are you going to play hard through through the point of contact, finish these plays, or are you going to, you know, get happy feet and try not to get, you know, run over or whatever? Yeah, I like I like guys that play hard. Rudy Ford plays the game hard all the time. Yep. You know, and on defense, man, you need that. You need them dogs. Absolutely. Goose in the chat said Vince Lombardi would slap slap almost everyone at at twelve sixty five Lombardi. Roadhouse. Right. Hey, Ra- hey, Rashad and Rasul, could you step outside for a minute? I got to talk to the, some guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really hope they resign forward, man. I'd like to see him come back. Um, yeah. This is funny here. Uh, number one Packer fan. Rogers connected just fine with the young Jets fans. I'm just saying, big bro. LOL. Yeah. You know, it's funny how he was the problem in Green Bay and uh, he seemed to be the answer in New York. Right. Um, I don't know, man. It's just uh, it's just strange how everything unfolded. It really is. Um, that drafting Jordan Love, man. There's no one that's going to convince me that that didn't change the the future of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, my goodness, well, dude. I mean, it's just like drafting Aaron Rodgers did. It changed the future for us. So, I mean, time time will tell. But you're right. It was. But that's what being a GM is, right, Clayton? You got to make those moves that you know it's are very gonna, true. It's going to piss. Our I don't want to off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You know, it's like you got to. I think maybe that's what it is. You know, you got the first requirement of being a general manager in the NFL or in any business probably is you have to be okay with being the bad guy. You yeah. have to be okay with it because if you make moves to appease everyone else, if you're trying to please the fans, if you want to appease your coaching staff, your front office, you know, you, you got to just do what you feel is best. And that's why you're hired for the job. So I, I believe Goody made the moves that he thought were the best. And um, unfortunately, not all of them were hits, you know, it is right. what it is. And, and, and right and, now, and Jordan Love, gonna, they're all not going to be right. I mean, yeah, they're not, you're not going to bat a thousand. There's no way, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, um, Josh Martin, thank you for the super chat. He said, Love has to hold people accountable, and he's not. That's I'm telling you, man, that's one of the things that are miss that's missing right now. Is they they're you know, he's he's their friend, right? He cares about them. Yeah. Um, now think back all the way back to Brett, right? When Brett first got traded to Green Bay, he wasn't that that leader out there chewing everybody out, right? But he was that guy that was leading by example. He was throwing his freaking body around, he was yep. playing hurt, he was they're looking going, higher. Yeah, if this young redneck gonna come out here and put his his body on the line every week, then then I'm going to too, right? You know, Leroy Butler talked about that numerous times. 
Um, then of course you get Reggie White, you bring him in, you know, um, you don't, you don't go on that run without Reggie White. There's no denying that. And the fact that they were willing to make that move is huge. And I'm hoping we see some of that next year. Uh, once we get through this, this year and get into the off season, that maybe we become a little bit aggressive, uh, like they did when they signed Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith in their prime, right? Um, those type of signings, Adrian Amos, when we had the good Adrian Amos, man, it feels like it was a lifetime ago, Tim, that we had Adrian Amos. It's wild, man. But, uh, I know. Let's see here. Uh, Goose says Jones gets out of the slap too. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Yep, for sure. Bro, seeing him get emotional, it made me emotional watching him get emotional in his locker. Like that dude cares about it so much. He wants it so so bad, man. You you just talked about Reggie White and uh, Leroy Butler and Brett Favre. You know, Aaron Jones is in that company. He belongs in that company. The the greatest of the great when it comes to our franchise. Um, yeah. That's Aaron Jones. And, uh, you know, him not getting touches is not his fault. So, you know, so this, frustrating, man. this and guy carries people, the G, man. There was people saying, well, you couldn't run the ball because of the penalty you had, and it was first and 15 or first and 20, and this and I'm going, bro, you didn't watch the first two series. Those first two series, like, they did not give him – like, the, the very first series, he didn't get one carry. It's like, what are we doing? Like, it's – and people say, well, he's hurt. It – did you see Alvin Jones's tweet? Like Alvin Jones went, I mean, he went scorched earth. I need to find it. Um, maybe we'll get to it here in a minute. He essentially called out Coach LaFleur and was like, can somebody ask Coach LaFleur what he's doing, not giving Aaron touches? It's like, okay, so his twin brother doesn't understand how hurt he is. you got to stop using that excuse that, oh, he's hurt. That's why he's not getting carries. He, he This has been a year – by year by year thing that's happened every yeah. single year. And yeah. Alvin Jones is a player too. So this is not just like some family member making not a drunk this, uncle making yeah. a comment out of this is that. a dude who understands the game. Right. So yeah. Carly Ray says in the chat, uh maybe Rogers got sick of the coaches not listening to him. Um, you know, when he accepted that last MVP award, he he gave a lot of credit to Matt, right? And one of the things that that Aaron said was, thank you for trusting me. He said, thank you for your leadership, your help, whatever. Thank you for trusting me. And, again, that was that hybrid offense we talked about. People told me that I was just a Aaron Rodgers pole rider last year. That's exactly what they called me. When I said, this is Matt LaFleur's offense now. It, the shift has been made. This is LaFleur's offense. You can tell. There's more 12. There's more condensed. We're in the Matt LaFleur offense now. No, it ain't Aaron's refusing to run it. You can't find those people on the old Twitter bird now. I mean, they're they have disappeared, the ones that were making that argument. But uh Goose says, I think the Jets thing is that new relationship energy thing. I think there's a lot of that too, Goose. A change of scenery, right? You get yeah. around people and uh and all I'll that. I'll tell you though, that that market definitely m- matches Aaron Rodgers' personality a little bit better too. You know, oh, I mean, if there was a guy made for New York, it's yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers. No doubt, man. No doubt about it. Um, let's see. Uh, Brent X says, Goot destroyed the franchise by not keeping Adams. Um, it, it definitely created a huge division in the locker room. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that's that's what set Aaron off on his tirade, and he wanted to be traded, right? Um, and then they, they came in and said, no, 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 no. Let's give you $150 million. Just stay here. Please stay here. And then the next year you trade him. It's like. What are we doing? It's just frustrating because Tate Tate had already established himself as basically arguably the best receiver in the National Football League prior to this. So it's not like we made this deal and then Tate went and lit it up. It's like he had been lighting it up. 
And I, I don't understand. I don't understand how that was handled. I, I, I fully agree. I don't think that was uh, that was certainly a, a galvanizing moment in the wrong direction for the team, for sure. Yeah, and 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 it all happened. You can go back and, and find the exact date when Tay put up the last dance post. Yep. That's that's when Tay made the decision. That was when he got when he got towed by Goody. In his words, not mine. He got towed by Goody. Let's see how this year goes. He's like, really? Everything yeah. I've done up to this point, right. and you're gonna tell me let's let do it one more year? No, nah, I'm done. Right. That's something done. you say. You say that to a second or third year player. You don't. You're not saying that to a guy. First ballot Hall of Famer. Right. A guy and a guy that you drafted and developed. Yeah. You know, that That's... that development happened here. And it's like we're just gonna we're gonna like make this guy into a stud and then we'll just buy. Like I I don't yeah. know. Check this out right here. Number one Packer fan said actually Reggie Watt is the one who told the team that it was Brett's team. Maybe Rashawn needs to do that. You know, that's what great leaders do. They they absorb criticism, right? Yep. And then they redistribute praise. And if I've never heard that, and I'm taking your word for it, uh, that sounds like something Reggie would do because mm-hmm. Reggie's going to lead by example. Reggie already had pelts on the wall, right? Reggie comes in from the Eagles and they're going, this is the best defensive player in the league. This is the man, right? He doesn't have to win anymore. Now you take that, you take that credibility and you redistribute it to a young quarterback, what it does is it tells that quarterback, you know what, Reggie's going to bat for me. I'm going to lay my freaking body on the line every single week, and I'm going to play as hard as I can. And the rest of the team's going, Reggie's behind him. Reggie's ten times the player I am. If he's behind him, I'm getting behind him too. That's a great point there, uh, Packer fan. Yep. Um, Rashawn, Rashawn does something, and he kind of has, right? We played that sound by that video of him uh, standing behind uh, – Jordan after the Bears game saying stop playing with him because everybody mm-hmm. was, you know, talking down to him. Um, yeah, just uh But see, and that's a great point that you just made. I'm glad you brought that up. That's because we are not gonna get that, it seems, from Jordan Love himself. Jordan Love does not strike me as the fire breathing, fired up, screaming, rallying the troops type of leader. He seems like a calm, calculative. Mamba mentality, locked in, focused type of guy. But when I see him, I was watching him huddling us up yesterday, you know, and we're we're down multiple scores. It's at home, and I'm I'm kind of waiting for that, you know, yeah, that Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers level type moment. Like, hey, damn it, get your heads in the game, mm-hmm. let's go. And it's like we're I don't think we're gonna get that. So we need our other. We have other guys on this team that can be those type of leaders and Rashawn doing that is it's a perfect example is, you know, bring some of that fire. This team is playing uninspired football right now. You know, we need, we need a a fire breather out there. Like, was there any doubt that, uh, you know, those Baltimore Ravens teams were Ray Lewis's team, you know, like like, did anyone have a question at all? No. So. And, And what made Ray so good was having Ed Reed back there galvanizing it saying that's the leader right there he was that guy and then ed reed would take a you know a a punt Mm. return back for or a kickoff a a field goal return for 108 yards to the house right see ray was kind of both of those he was the guy that he would give you the talk he he would give you the vocal leadership but he's also leading by example at the same time you know and i think Rashawn is more of a lead by example 
Um, I'm sure he, there's intense moments out there on the field. We don't, we don't get the mic'd up moments all the time. We don't know what's being said all the time, but you know, I'd like to see a team playing with some discipline and some fire rather than just sheer reckless, naked aggression and no, no direction, no leadership at all. And I certainly think, you know, that's a great point you just made about Reed and, uh, Lewis. It's like, we have that that's for Sean and, and Rasul. So, you know, maybe we can make some magic happen here, but I'll tell you, if it continues to trend in this direction, someone's going to have to step up. Otherwise, we we could have, you know, we've seen locker rooms go the other way where you you get people stepping up in the wrong way and now guys are fighting with each other and, you know, not focused. So we we, hopefully we don't go that route. I think enough adversity, man, this team's going to have to respond. Definitely. Tim Monk in the chat said, well, first off, Green Bay try to keep Devontae Adams uh, you can't make somebody stay if they don't want to go. And uh, later in the chat, of course, uh, let's see here. Carly Ray mentioned it. Uh, Tim Clayton shared an interview with Devontae where he said that the Packers lowballed him after he got offers from other places and being told he had to prove himself again. Carly's but, on it right away, yeah. right on top of it. What I'm referring to, what she's referring to there, Tim, uh, Tay in an interview this offseason, you can find it. I'm sure if you just go, oh, I'm familiar. Yep. On it. Um, basically, Devontae said, that they came to him or he was trying to get that contract worked out in 2021. And Goody told him essentially, well, let's, let's see how this year goes more or less. Like we're not, we're not going to give you a contract yet. So he said, okay, cool. Got it. I'm not playing here. Then. And then, yeah. And then he, then if you kind of watch the backstory, what did Devante do? He basically bought a house in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, yep. he built a house in Las Vegas almost immediately. Like yep. if that gives you an idea. Where yeah, so, was that? So he he goes that route, right? And uh posts the last dance stuff. And then the next year they come back offering more money. And he said, No, I don't want to play here. Yeah. And then they said, Okay, well, franchise tag. And he said, I'm not playing on the franchise tag. So they offered him more money than the Raiders did. But too like Devontae said, at that point, it's not about the money, it's okay. about the respect. Now he's got I've got an opportunity to go home and play with my college quarterback i get to go live in vegas where my grandmother can come see me play because she doesn't fly she doesn't travel she's too old all mm-hmm. those things that were important to him um that's why i was so concerned about rashawn gary but thank god they got the deal done and it's a great deal maybe so, they listened to us clayton because we said it ain't, it wasn't going to get any cheaper if <laughs> the further we go down the road and then all of a sudden we get a signing it, it's, it's literally like saying you know what man i like to get a gallon of milk I'm going to wait six months because I think the price will go down. That that milk ain't going down. Yep. Sorry. We're building back better, baby. I'm sorry. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't help. I couldn't help do it. But, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not, the price isn't going down. It ain't going down. So, uh, yeah. And Robert Allen here in the chat, uh, member of the PTA posse, said three soft claps and a let's go. Yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about there, man, in the huddle um, for sure. So, we were going to cover some of the defensive PFF grades. But we're over time. I think we'll wrap it up here, Tim, and maybe man, tomorrow. That flew by. Holy cow! Yeah, it did. That was a good conversation, though, man. I, everybody, you know, appreciate everybody in the chat, man. You guys are absolutely awesome. You uh, kept this thing rolling, and sometimes you need one of these pods, right? We can we can bore you guys to death with numbers and analytics and this and that. And I know y'all get bored with the chalk talk and me and there rattling for an hour and a half, right? Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's good sometimes to have people kind of kind of help control the conversation for sure. So um, anyway, all right. 
Let's get out of here. Parting thoughts, Tim. Anything else, buddy? Uh, I guess, yeah, we'll look at the defensive PFF numbers tomorrow. Is that is that what we're thinking? Yeah, tomorrow. Let's uh, let's see. Tomorrow we'll go back through the we'll get we'll hit on the defensive PFF numbers, and we should be doing a chalk talk soon. That'll probably be Wednesday. So, okay. um, gonna have anybody who wants to join me for that live. We'll we'll kind of do it like we did last time. But uh, it just sucks that the stream cuts off. But it is what it is. That's YouTube and and uh, and Google not being able to get their crap together and realizing, oh yeah, they're allowed to use that content. So. Um, but yeah, tomorrow we'll hit the defensive PFF grades and anything else you want to talk about. And then, of course, Wednesday, too, uh, you know, when Wednesday hits, we'll have the new injury update and all that good stuff getting ready for the game this week. So, um, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, cool, man. cool. Yeah, I'll just be waiting, uh, waiting for a trade not to happen. And, uh, <laughs> you know, happy Halloween. Tomorrow's Halloween. Be safe out there. I got a big old, big old bucket of candy here, hoping to get rid of it all so I don't eat any of it. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the beauty of it, man. I, I'll be stashing that stuff all the whole month of October. I got it laying around everywhere. <laughs> I got it hidden, <laughs> hidden all kinds of cabinets. But uh, Jeff Schultz in the chat said, "Good conversation." Tim Monk said, "I really enjoy your uh, your guys' show. Hey, we appreciate you swinging through, Tim. I think it's the first time I've seen you in here, man. And uh, really, really uh, appreciate your." Uh, your, your insight, man, your comments for sure. So, uh, all right, let's get out of here. Um, uh, appreciate everybody in the super or in the chat. We really, really thank you guys for hanging out with us. You're awesome. Um, everybody with the super chat, just want to give a special shout out to Josh Martin and Mike Hebring. Appreciate you guys supporting the stream. Like you always do. You guys are absolutely awesome. Um, Brent says, thanks guys. Hey, thank you, Brent. We appreciate you buddy for sure. Um, all right, we're out of here for those of you listening on the pod. Thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go back, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle. Defensive end. If he's over, if he's not, you drive down the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by them and feel them back. If the YN has the linebacker taken out. That's inside. The YN has the linebacker in. He comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.